everybody. Welcome to episode 16 of Team Talk. Um, this is going to be a transfer special. Um, just a disclaimer, obviously we're recording this on the Saturday and there's still a couple of days of the transfer window left. So obviously if there's a couple of deals um, that happen late on, they won't be mentioned, but we'll, we'll mention them on, uh, on, on Friday's show. Um, so I just want to shout out as well that we hit 2,200 followers just before recording this as well. And uh, I just want to uh, mention, obviously, we, we've got listeners literally all across the world. So we've got literally from the UK, United States, Indonesia, India, Ireland, Sweden, South Africa, Singapore, Canada, Russia, Eswatini, Saudi Arabia, France and Italy. Um, I'll be honest, I've not heard of a couple of those. Um, but yeah, I just want to say thank you all again for the support. Um, so what we're going to do on this one is we're going to run through each team um, go through the notable transfers, the ins and outs that have happened so far, give our thoughts on that, and then obviously we'll have off-script section on there as well, and we'll finish with a question as normal. So we'll look at, um, it's basically alphabetical order, so we'll start with Arsenal. Um, sort of the main notable transfers you've got there are the ins with uh, William from, from Chelsea. You've got Gabriel from uh, Lille as well. Um, I think he was he was sort of torn between Arsenal and Manchester United. Um, I don't think you get any decent left-sided, left-footed centre-backs now. And he was one of the young ones that's sort of been touted around Europe. And then obviously they've signed uh, Danny Ceballos on a permanent deal from Real Madrid. They had him on loan there last year and he was uh, he had a fairly decent season. So Arteta has wanted to keep him around. Um, and William as well, it's a free transfer. I mean, he's a good player, but how successful will he be? I don't know. He's had a decent start. I think he got three assists in his first game. Uh, but Matt, what are your thoughts on the uh, sort of the Arsenal incoming transfers? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're really to, to mention there is, is Villian uh, for me. Uh, obviously, the others, um, I think you've said everything that needs to be said about them. Uh, the one thing that made me a quite interesting read when I was reading it is that uh, Granit Xhaka has said Villian is going to lead Arsenal to the title. Mm. I don't know how long he expects him to carry on playing for, <laughs> but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> No, one of the things as well on the back of that, one of the reasons William went to uh, Arsenal, I think Gabriel said the same thing as well. Arteta said he's got a three-year plan to win the Champions League. I don't know if that plan involves leaving Arsenal and going to a decent club, but <laughs> <laughs> apparently that's why it's sort of swayed them in. And, and don't get me wrong, they've started really well. And, and I, I think we both mentioned how well they've started on on sort of Premier League prediction yeah. um, and, and, and full credit to him, but... I can't really see them winning the title or the Champions League anytime soon unless something major changes. Have you seen the film Moneyball? Yeah, I love it. This They remind me of that. What, sort of bringing in the old... Just Arteta, the way he thinks, that little bit out of the box, bit of an intelligent thinker. I know they're not signing like nobodies. I know they're signing big players, but just the way that he's putting this team together, it just reminds me of that. Yeah, apparently Liverpool based their transfer... Thingy on that because their owners own the Red Sox or something. Yeah, yeah. So Liverpool apparently do that. And if you look at the players they're bringing in, I mean, Mane from Southampton, Firmino from I think it was Hoffenheim, Salah from Roma. Do you know what I mean? They're not signing the Lukaku's and Pogba's. You know what I mean? They're signing players that literally, uh, like even more. We'll, we'll touch on them in a second, but they don't necessarily go for the big name players. Um, but on that, we'll look at Aston Villa next. They've been a little bit more active. Um, they've got Ollie Watkins uh, from Brentford. Uh, Matty Cash from Nottingham Forest. You've got Martinez, who is on a free from Arsenal. Obviously, he stepped in toward the end of the last season and, and did really well for them. Um, they've just signed Ross Barkley on a season-long loan as well from Chelsea, which um, is a really good deal. I feel like they do need someone in that sort of position. Um, and him and Grealish, I can imagine being quite quite effective. And obviously, they've, they've got Grealish on a new five-year deal as well. 
um, which I think is a, a major point. And we did, I was supposed to mention that on Arsenal as well. They've signed Aubameyang to, I think, a three-year deal, which you could say is arguably more important than the three players they actually brought in. Um, but Matt, what's your thoughts on the uh, on Villa's activity? I mean, Ross Barkley's a great signing. You know, he's he really really could take off there. He's going to play every week. He's going to get a chance to be with Grealish centre stage. I think that's a great move for him. Um, could have gone anywhere. I mean, you know, other clubs could have had a look at him. West Ham, Newcastle. I'm surprised they weren't sniffing around him. Mm. Would have been a great signing for them. Um, but I mean, obviously Villa have signed Ollie Watkins and they've signed Matty Cash. I mean, that's fifty million. On championship players, you yeah. know what I'm saying, and, and fair enough. You know, if they both do well, great. You know, great kudos to their scouting team. But that it's not even like if they, if it goes well, you can say that was a good bit of business. That because it's not. It's just what you'd pay mm. if you were signing someone from Spain. And if it goes wrong, what a, a mistake that is! Fifty yeah. million on two, not ten. Two players from the championship mm. and two clubs that couldn't get out the championship either as well. So I just think that's a bit of a risk for them, but hopefully it works out. Yeah, I suppose the one positive you might have is that they're both quite young. Um, and if they go down, they've got two good championship players. So <laughs> they'll be able to hopefully uh, come back up. But like you said, they both play for teams who didn't get promoted. So it says a lot about them. But obviously, work with a few Forest fans and then they've, they've got a high opinion of Mike Cash and I think he'll do quite well in the Premier League. So... Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, next, you've got Burnley. There's really not much to say on that. Um, sort of the main activity we've got to note down is um, is Joe Hart. Um, obviously, I'm aware that Brighton should have been before <laughs> them, um, but I'll be honest with you, I missed them as we were doing the notes for this. So Brighton will be next. But yeah, Burnley. The main outs we've got is Joe Hart leaving on a free to Spurs and uh, Hendricks as well going on a free to Newcastle. They've really been quiet in this window. Did he nearly um, go to AC Milan? Who, Hendrick? Yeah. I have no idea. I'd I'm be surprised. I'm certain he did. I'm certain it was Summit. I do not rate him at all. I'll be honest with you. Um, but yeah, even Joe Hart, I think dressing room-wise, Joe Hart would be good. And I think that may be why, obviously, we'll touch on him when we talk about Spurs, but I think that'll be why maybe Mourinho brought him in. Because watching that Amazon Prime documentary, I think... Um, he's quite keen on having sort of the big characters and, and, and having them sort of on side. And I think Joe Hart will be thankful for that chance going to Spurs. Have you checked if Hendricks nearly went to AC Milan? Hendricks nearly went to AC Milan. That's yeah. unbelievable. I just don't rate him. Apparently that. turned him down to go to Newcastle. Wow. I mean, not only is he a bad player, he's stupid as well then. Um, but yeah, no, not much to say on Burnley. I don't suppose you've got anything to add there. Nah, nothing there. No. And then we'll go to obviously Brighton, who were alphabetically supposed to be before Burnley. Um Again, not much to say. I think it's Vetman they've brought in as a striker, and obviously they've Adam, they've got Adam Loana as well <laughs> on a free. Veltman's a defender. Veltman's a defender. I, I, I should know nothing about this guy, um, and obviously bringing in Lalana from Liverpool on a free is uh, maybe add to the experience, maybe help them in the Premier League. But they've been a bit up and down so far this season. But if you, what have you got on on Brighton? Not nothing really. You haven't said. I mean, Veltman. I don't know a great deal about him, but when I was just looking into him, I mean, it, it looks like he's. I know nothing about. I've never heard of him mm. until we looked at who they signed. But it looks like he's a Dutch international, and they've got him from Ajax for nine hundred grand. You know, that's that's a bargain. That you know, yeah. if that's right. I mean, fair enough. If he's a centre back, he's not going to get in that Dutch team with Van Dijk and De Ligt. But still, you think about Holland. They're not a uh, you know, a tin pot team. They're, they're a good team. They'd probably beat England if they played. You think about who England's third choice centre back is, yeah. or at least the defenders in the squad. Nine hundred grand. When I don't know if you if you're aware of this, 
Villa have spent fifty million on yeah, championship yeah. players. The thing is, as well, you think about the, for example, Gareth Bale's wage five hundred thousand a week. That's that's less than two weeks' wages they've just bought a player for. That's unreal, nice. unreal. So hopefully, I mean, it'll turn out well. But again, they've been very quiet. Same as Burnley. Um, so we'll look at Chelsea next. Obviously, they've probably been one of the more active teams in the window, and they're not just bringing any any players, and they've brought in some real quality. So. Um, obviously, more recently, they've brought in Mendy, the goalkeeper. Um, they definitely needed to strengthen the defence and, and the sort of the back five, if you like. And they did try with uh, Kepa the first few games, maybe just see if it was a bad season, but he let in some absolute howlers. So, yeah, Mendy's been brought in and he, I think he played in the game where they beat Spurs in the in the Carabao Cup uh, penalty shootout. Uh, they also brought in Werner from Leipzig. Obviously, you're a big fan of his. He's no. yeah, he's done he's done pretty well. I mean, he's not done as well as I think. There's a few. I've, I've got a friend of mine who's got him in his dream team, and he, he said this week that that's it. He's, that was his last chance. He's, he's taking him out. He's just not scoring goals that people thought he would. Um, you've then got Ziyech from Ajax, who's a winger. Uh, that was sort of pre-done toward the back end of the season. Not really seen much of him. I don't know if he's injured or what the deal is there. You've got Thiago Silva from Paris Saint-Germain, who's 34, 35 years old. Um, he played in that 3-3 game against West Brom and one of the goals was completely his fault. The ball got passed to him, did a Steven Gerrard where it rolled under his foot and he slipped over. Um, yeah. But again, it's his debut. He is a good defender. I've seen a lot of him for PSG and, and for Brazil. I think he was at AC Milan before as well. Um, I think it will be just a matter of maybe adding a bit of experience to the back because they've got such a young back line. I think they maybe just needed a bit of experience there as well. And talking on the young back line, you've got Ben Chilwell. He made his debut today. Um, I think it was a goal and an assist for his first Premier League start. Decent left back. Do you know what I mean? You can't really say too much about him. He's okay defensively. He's, he's decent going forward. If you look at the left backs around the world now, he's probably one of the more steady ones. If you wanted a left back, you'd probably go and pick him up. And then you've got Kai Havertz as well from uh, Leverkusen, who's a young German international um, he had a bit of a shaky start, but then he played midweek in the Carabao Cup and, and won, um, I think they won 5-6. No, he got a hat-trick and he looks a little bit more comfortable now as well. Uh, they did a piece on him where they showed his debut. He's a centre-attacking midfielder. They showed on his debut the centre of the park. He had two touches in the 90 minutes, whereas the game after that, the one where he scored the hat-trick, I think he had like 40-odd touches in the centre of the park. So I think Lampard might have been on him to say, look, you're an attacking midfielder, so you need to stay in this area. And since he's done that, he uh, he looks the sort of player that you would pay £70 million for. Um, but I don't suppose you've got any thoughts on the sort of Chelsea transfer activity. Well, as usual, they've let 11 players go out on loan again. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of them lads have let out and go on loan. Just let them go. Do you know what I mean? Like, just stringing them along like this. I mean, Jamal Blackman's a good goalkeeper. Lewis Baker, they've had him for years. Izzy Brown. Mm. You know, just let them go. Why are they stringing along? They're never going to get in that team. I'm a little bit disappointed in Chelsea, to be honest, um, mainly because of something I read this morning. Up until that, I was thinking, you know, they would go Chelsea, they're doing everything the right way. The English players, they're thinking of letting go. Hudson Adoy, a lad at the back, his name's just slipped my mind. Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, Loftus Cheek, who I'm a big fan of, they, they said they're all up for sale. I mean, Hudson Adoy's on about going to buy in. Someone else will be in for for the other two. I mean, Chelsea, along with them three and Abraham, you know, they had a really good English core then, and, and they, it's not like those players are rubbish either. You mm. know, they're good players, and they're certainly players capable of playing in Europe and capable of matching the title challenge. With Chelsea, are just going back to maybe what they did previously in the 90s and the, the 2000s, just forgetting anyone 
English, signing everyone for it. And you look at some of them players as well. I mean, Hudson Adoy, for example, who I think is a great player, a pacey attacking winger that can score. How much are you going to pay for that? You let mm. that go. How much are you going to pay for that? 100 yeah, million? At least, yeah. 100 million. You know, a tall, creative central midfielder, which is what Loftus cheek is. What you can pay for that? 40 million? Mm. Do you know what I mean? They've got it already and they'll just get rid of them. Someone else, hopefully, will come along and pick them up. Someone like, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, Villa, West Ham, Newcastle should be looking at these players because those kind of players, you sign them now, they're still young. Even if they, they don't do great or stay just as they are, you're going to be then selling them, what, when they're 26, 27, 28? You're not going to lose money on this. This is good business. And other clubs should be hovering around Chelsea now thinking, do you know what, I'm going to take advantage of this. Yeah, it's the thing about Lampard as well. Everyone was talking last season about how always oh, bringing the youth through. And he didn't have a choice. He, they had a transfer ban. They didn't have any other players they lost. Hazard. He had to bring the youth through. He had to bring them through. If he didn't bring them through, he'd have, he'd have a, an ageing squad that were well off the pace last season. He had to bring them through and now he's open. He's got the transfer window. He's got the money to spend. It looks like they're just trying to buy the league again and all of a sudden you've got Abraham and uh, I think Mount will still stick around because he had him at Derby, didn't he? And it was, it was, I think he's quite a big fan of his, but you've got so many players I think are just going to be pushed to the side to fit in these new lot. And Fair play. I mean, it, one way you could say, oh, you should stick with the English lads and the English core that you built. But I think that fourth spot they got was as much as you're going to get. But they are so young, you don't really... It was a bit of a question mark whether they can are they going to go to that next step and would are Chelsea a club to give a manager time? Based on history, probably not. And now they've spent this money. You could argue it's just up to the pressure on Lampard. He's now if he doesn't sort of improve, he's he's got no excuses now. Basically, um, okay, enough on Chelsea. You've got obviously a lot of activity there. You next you've got Palace um, and they signed is it Eze from yeah. QPR last season, fourteen yeah, yeah. goals. Yeah. Um, decent player. I saw an interview on uh, with him this morning on BT Sport. Looks like a decent lad, good head on his shoulders. Um, again, it's not a lot of activity. They didn't really need a lot of players. I don't think they really let go a lot of players. So I don't think Palace had a massive window, but not a bad signing. I don't, don't suppose you got any thoughts on that? No, not really. I mean, I'm, there's like a four. I watched a four minute video on uh, on him, and it, he's got a nice story. Um, you know, he's obviously been released by a lot of clubs. Um, looks looks skillful. Bit like Zaha, you mm. know, able to attack, good shot on him. We'll see. Time will tell. Another twenty million pound player though for a championship. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how these championship players do sort of taking that that step up. Um, next, you've got Everton. Um, really good start to the season. Ancelotti's done really well. Calvert Lewin's on fire. Uh, in terms of the players they brought in, you've got Alan from Napoli, who I think was there when. Um, and Ancelotti was there as well, so he's quite a big fan of his. He tends to be one to just sit in front of the back four. So you're sort of looking like a, like a Sergio Busquets sort of player, just literally sits there, keeps the ball moving, always available. Then James Rodriguez, there was a bit of a question mark on him because since, I think we've we've touched on him before, haven't we? Since the sort of World Cup, he's, he's had the big moves. He's been to Real Madrid, Bayern Munich. It's not really worked out for him. But Ancelotti sort of signed him everywhere he's been. So Ancelotti clearly sees something in him. And, and I think 20 million is an absolute bargain. And since he's come to the Premier League, he's, he's been brilliant. There's really nothing else to say on him. And then you've got Decore from Watford. How's that going to go? Um, do you know what I mean? It's, it's a championship player again. He's sort of a box-to-box midfielder. Not much to say on him. But uh, yeah, Everton have been sort of really impressive. Uh, what do you sort of think? Yeah, I mean, Decore obviously played with Watford last year in the Premiership. But, mm. um, 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think you've said everything there is to say on, on the players they've, they've bought in. Um, they've, they've cleared a few out, though. I mean, Baines is retired, you know, he's yeah, had a great that. career. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good that he's not kind of stuck around, just fizzled out at the end, playing in the Cups and getting embarrassed. You know, at least he's gone out the right way. But, I mean, some of the other lads they've got rid of, you know, Hornby and, and Dowell, I think they were a couple of youngsters that were they ever really going to break through? And they've made that decision finally, unlike Chelsea, loading out 35 players every year. Yeah. Um, they've just thought, oh, do you know what? Off you go, go and, go and get your career. I think one's gone to Norwich, and I don't know where the other one's gone. Schneiderlin and Stecklenburg, they've both gone again. They were just eating into that wage bill. So, you know, they've had a bit of a clear out, and fair play to them, because not a lot of clubs do that. They tend to hoard the players, and fair play to Everton for, for doing that business. Yeah, no, they've had a, a good, they've had an effective window without making too many big moves. I think it's really good. If they'd have sat down before and said, right, what do we want from this window? I think they can be very happy with the, the sort of business they've done. Okay, and uh, then you've got Fulham. Um, again, not a lot of activity there. Uh, very disappointing start to the season. I think we had them down as one of our relegation candidates. Um, them and West Brom are sort of, I mean, you can't really say they're not guaranteed to go down, but they've had such a bad start. I think they've brought in Knockhart, who seems to jump from club to club. And when I watch him, he, he seems, every now and again, he has a good game. He will, I'll be honest with you, the more I see him, it'll probably be when United play. I think it was Brighton last season a couple of times, and he does raise his game. He's so inconsistent. And then you've got um, Adama Luckman as well. Um, I think he was from Everton. Am I right in saying? He had a year at Everton. Mm. Um, again, he's a bit hit and miss. I see little glimpses of him, but for some reason he's not getting in, getting into the team. Um, but yeah, I don't suppose you've got much to say on Fulham. Nothing really. I mean, Knockout, he was at Leicester on it, and then they, they went up and let him go. And then Brighton had him, and they brought him up. And again, he didn't really make it. A third time, lucky really, hoping for him. I mean, there's obviously a reason that he, he is a top-off championship player, but not a bottom-off Premier League player, which is, seems to be the clubs that he keeps going to, or certainly at the playing at the time. No, I mean, he's been released twice. He's, I don't really see him doing anything there. Mm. Yeah, and same with Leeds. I mean, they, they've brought in a few players. There's a few frees there. Um, nothing major. I know they broke their record transfer for Rodrigo. I think he's been in the Premier League before, I want to say, with Bolton when he was a bit younger. Didn't really like the league up. Um I remember when he was twenty twenty one. There was a lot of talk about him maybe being sort of a really good player, and he's he's never really sort of fulfilled that potential. So I mean, I mean, Leeds have got you've got Bamford up front, sort of banging in goals left, right, and centre. So that that record transfer they just brought in is for a striker. I know there was questions over Bamford because um, he he's been in the Premier League before, hasn't he, with a couple of teams, and he never really did it. Around, Chelsea had him, like kept letting him out. Yeah, yeah, was it? Yeah, um, but again, I don't suppose you've got any thoughts on. No, I think you've said everything really. I mean, I'd just like to point out that uh, they've signed Helder Costa. I know they had him on loan last mm. year, but he's a Portuguese international, signed for 16 million. Villa spent 60, about third time I've said it, <laughs> Villa spent 16 million on Matty Cash. Let's just see which one of those two has a better season. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I've got a lot of faith in Cash. Um, I do like him as a player. Um, we've then got Leicester. Um, Again, not much to sound them. They've had a really good start, but I think they had a good squad anyway. And I think you mentioned just before we started recording, they've tied down a couple of players on contracts, Madison being one of them. Yeah, um, and Barnes. And, and Barnes, yeah. Two really good young players. I really like them. Um, I mean, you've got um, Under from Roma. I'm a big fan of his. And uh, a bit disappointed it's just a loan, but it'll be nice to see him in the Premier League. Um, and then, obviously, probably the bigger one that, that they've lost is Ben Chilwell. We already mentioned him Um it was a lot of money. It's, I mean, I think it was in the region of fifty to fifty-five million, which for a left back is a lot of money. And I'm sure 
Leicester don't seem to have just gone and spent all the money. I know they've brought in Fofana from Saint-Étienne but, um, for 30 million. But um, again, is he going to break into that sort of squad? They've got such a good base there. It's similar to Liverpool, I don't really see, unless they bring in like a superstar, I don't see anybody sort of just walking into that Leicester team. I don't suppose you've got any thoughts on Leicester. I mean, I don't really know a great deal about the players they've signed apart from under, to be honest. Um, but I trust them. You know, I mean, you look at the players that they've bought in. They bought in Mares, they bought in Sionko. No one knew anything about any of them until they turned up. And they, they, they've both been good. It, Vardy, they took a gamble on Vardy. Madison, they took a gamble on Madison. Kante as well. Kante, exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? They keep finding mm. these players, so it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Maguire. Maguire, 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 Maguire yeah. <laughs> What a find that was. What a diamond in the rough there. <laughs> but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they uh, if they did turn out to be actually really good players. Yeah, no, again, another one, interesting one to keep an eye on. Um, and then we've got Liverpool. Um, sort of late business. They didn't do anything for a while. They brought in Diogo Jota from Wolves. I think he scored on his debut. And uh, Thiago Alcantara, I think he played a little bit against Chelsea. Gave away a penalty. Now he's got COVID. So it's not been the best signing so far. But it's he, a tough week. It's a tough week. <laughs> he's um, a really good player, though. He just won the Champions League with Bayern Munich. Um, was at Barcelona before. Plays for Spain. He, he's such a good player. And uh, the only thing is he's a little bit older. I'd like some of these players to come across to the Premier League when they're in the prime. Remember, we spoke about when Messi was potentially coming over from City yeah. uh, to City, sorry, and I thought it'd be good to see, but there'll always that be that excuse of, oh, he was 30 odd years old. So it'd be nice to see them a bit younger coming over. But um, again, there's not really much more. They've had a couple of players let go. They've, they've got rid of Lovren. Obviously, Lalonde's gone to Brighton, which we touched on, but not much more else to say on, on Liverpool. Nah. No, we got <laughs> Let's move on. No agendas on this show. Um, okay, Manchester. Wait till we get to West <laughs> uh, Manchester City. So um, yeah, we, we spoke about Nathan Ake previously signing a player from a relegated team. Is that the best thing to do? Um, they played Leicester a few days ago. Lost five two. I remember their back four was Kyle Walker, who I don't rate defensively. Uh, I think it was um, another player called Diaz. I know they just signed Ruben Diaz, but they they've, they had a youngster in there, Nathan Ake and Benjamin Mendy, who again defensively are great. I remember the start of that game. I thought that defense, if any team's going to get after you, it'd be Leicester. And obviously they put five away there, so it just shows that they've sort of panicked and they've they've now brought in uh, Ruben Diaz from Benfica, sixty-five million, I think it's reported. Um, really good signing, really strong, very similar to Laporte. So if you've got Laporte and Diaz fit. Big, strong, both fairly quick, both good on the board. I can see that being a really good partnership. And Ferran Torres, I'll be honest, I don't know that much about him. I know he's sort of young, promising player. Uh, he scored the other night, um, yeah, I think, in a 3-0 victory in the Carabao Cup. But other than that, there's not much to say. Um, I'm a bit surprised. I mean, obviously, they've chucked a load of money at the defence, and rightly so. But I'm a bit surprised they've not looked at signing a striker, you know. Because I think it happened the other week. I think Jesus and... Aguero were injured. They ended up playing Sterling. Sterling, yeah. He yeah. started right down the middle, and this is what happened to Barcelona. And this is how you know they they they've not got any strikers apart from the ones that are starting every single week. And all of a sudden, if one gets injured and one gets suspended, end up signing Kevin Prince Brotang and Martin Braithwaite. You know what I mean? <laughs> is that what's going to happen here? And yeah, I'm just a little bit surprised they, they've not even got anyone that we know about this mainstream youth player. You know, coming through and. Obviously, they let the sandwich man go. That's Sarni. <laughs> Which I was a bit disappointed yeah. about as well. But, you know, fair enough. Munich have got a good player there. But, no, that's about 
that's about it for City for me. Yeah, not much else. Obviously, Sane's an outgoing. David Silva's retired, so I think it's a big year for Phil Foden. And it's sort of that period of a team where um, well, he's not retired. I think he left. He's gone to Sociedad. He might just point that out on our, on our uh, little iPad screen there. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's sort of that period of time where Fergie did it four or five times and, and City have done it before, but we're that core, that Aguero... Fernandinho, Vincent Company, that that sort of that sort of core of the team is that spine of the team. That's the word I was looking for. Spine of the team sort of edged off, and now they've got Foden coming through. Like you say, they need to sign another striker. They're bringing in two or three defenders. It's sort of they've got to rebuild that now because yeah. that will determine whether this team can go on and, and carry on being being dominant. Because obviously they they were quite far off the quite far off the pace last season. Yeah. Um, We've then got Manchester United, um, obviously not not the best window. Uh, we brought in Donny van der Beek, £39 million from Ajax. Um, he's a good signing, young player, decent midfielder. He's not going to set the league. So, I mean, he's not going to be player of the season or anything like that. A little bit disappointing. I mean, we've got Pogba, we've got Fernandes, there's Matic, McTominay, Fred. We didn't need a centre midfielder. We need a winger. We need a centre back. There's so many other positions we could look at. Need a winger. We do need a winger. <laughs> Um, obviously, a big news: Alexis Sanchez leaving, which was a big one for me because it, it's it's four hundred thousand pound a week. It's it's twenty odd million pound a year, and we had him on another four years. I think another three years. That's sixty million pound. Which what is, a waste of money that was. What a waste of money. Um, a couple of our younger players going out on loan, but I just wanted to mention on the United one because obviously it's 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 no hidden secret that if there's going to be any late business, it's going to be the it, it potentially will be the Jaden Sancho deal. Yes, I brought that up again. <laughs> um, I just wanted to point out as well, we've put a post on our team talk that the signing was inevitable this week. We only post things from tier one journalists. The fact that it was inevitable was the fact that United were that confident that they had an offer that they were going in with, that they were very confident was being accepted. However, they have gone in with that offer and it's been rejected. Um, but a big news today, Dortmund are playing today and Sancho isn't in the squad, not in the first eleven, not on the bench. Um, and apparently there was a journalist that mentioned that's not illness related, which is what they said the other day. And I, I find it a bit too much of a coincidence that we put a bid in, the bid gets rejected and Sancho's all of a sudden not involved in the squad for two consecutive games. So, I, I mean, this is going out Tuesday, so it, I could sound absolutely ridiculous, but I think there might be something there. There's reports of United going in with another offer, but it's just one of them we're going to have to wait and see. And probably more recently, um, this was actually an hour or two before we started recording this, uh, Cavani's been offered to Manchester United on a free. Apparently, the only issue is agent fees because they want quite a bit of money. But I think our only backup striker is Igalo, and he's going back to China in January, which is two months away. So we do need another striker, and, and Cavani's obviously he's class. So it'd be nice if that did happen. I don't suppose you've got any thoughts on United's transfer window, Mike? No, I think you've you've said everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd ramble on a bit there. Um, Newcastle then uh, I mean the, you got Hendricks on a free Wilson Fraser from Bournemouth and, and Jamal Lewis from Norwich you could argue four decent signings there again I've mentioned I'm not a fan of, of Hendricks but what's your sort of thoughts on, on Newcastle's business this year I mean I'm glad I'm glad they signed Lewis because uh, I know Liverpool after him and just on that I just think that's just good that a footballer has chosen to play do you know what I mean? He's mm. going to play at Newcastle. He would not have played at Liverpool. Yeah. And he's going to develop himself as a man and as a, as a player in his career. Fair play to him for making that decision. Um, but, I mean, the rest of them, I mean, Wilson is a risk. I think you're already seeing 
just how hit and miss he can be. I couldn't believe he missed that header, that free header. Mm. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Fraser, good player, but again, you know, he's he come from Bournemouth, who went down. Both of them did. Hendrick, obviously, we've already spoke about him. But, I mean, Newcastle, I mean, they, they just need to be realistic about what they want from this season because if they want to kick on from last season, these kind of players, to me, they've just signed more of the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Okay, fair enough. You could argue if Wilson is firing on all cylinders, they've signed a good striker. But they ain't signed that player. They ain't signed the Callum Wilson that's in the England team. They've signed the Callum Wilson that went down with Bournemouth. Do you know what I'm saying? And I just think that if they really want to kick on, they should be looking at players like Hudson Odoi, like I mentioned. They, They should have gone in for Barkley. You're telling me Barkley would have chose to go to Villa over Newcastle, I think that would have been really close. Yeah. And I think that with a bit of persuasion and a bit of a push, he could have gone to Newcastle. So can it's certainly lost his cheek as well. And I think there's an opportunity there. It might be a little bit too late in the window. But I think Newcastle, if they really put put some money in and really just went for it, they could probably get a couple more players in it. Yeah, I think it's a good point you made that what what do they want to be? Do they want to do they want to push on? Do they want to maintain where they are? I mean, you look at the signings, Hendricks and Fraser's on a free, 20 million is not a massive amount these days for a player. And Jamal Lewis, I think, was in the 20 to 25 million pound range. The only thing, the only issue you'll have with Newcastle is the owners, they're, they're looking to sell. It's, it's, it's big news. There's constantly talks about um, the club being taken over. Is, is he going to want to invest a massive amount of money? I mean, I don't know if I don't know how it works in terms of assets. Does he sign more players and then up the price of the club? I don't know if you know if that if he says I've signed him for fifty million, that's an asset. Therefore, the price of the club's fifty million pound more. I don't really know how that works, but I don't think Mike Ashley's willing to put his hand in his pocket and really push this on. I think he'd be happy with average manager, average players, average league position, <laughs> and I think that's that's what you're going to get from him this year. Yeah. Um, Next, we've got Sheffield United. Um, again, not much. We spoke about them on last week's episode or on the Friday episode, actually, about how they've not really had a lot of transfers. Um, it was today, I think it was, or yesterday. Um, Ryan Brewster from Liverpool for £23.5 million, And I think they've already got Ramsdale because they needed to replace uh, Henderson, who went back to United. And again, that was nearly £20 million as well. So they've spent, what, £40, 45 million, yeah. Um, what's your thoughts on Sheffield United's window? Just put this into perspective. They've spent over £40 million on a goalkeeper who got relegated who got relegated <laughs> Ryan Brewster who may well turn out to be a good player but I'm going to class him as a championship player because he was on loan at Swansea last season two players from Derby a player from the Scottish Premier League and someone on loan from Chelsea Empadu mm. that's not a good window no do you know what I mean and Brewster there's no fans in the ground you know Brewster's got potential there's no no denying yeah. that but the fans, no fans in the ground might be better for him because it more more used to what he, more playing what he's used to, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I know he played first team football at Swansea. I know he scored um, and I know they rated him highly, but it's a different different kettle of fish. And Swansea were a good creative team in the championship and he, he got a lot of champ, a lot of chances. Sheffield United are not a top team in the premiership. They, yeah. They fight battle, bite, scrap, kick their way into into wins. Is he that kind of player? Mm. Probably not. I mean, you know, we're going to find out, but I don't think they've had a good window at all. Yeah, again, similar to the Villa one, if they go down, they know they've got a couple of players there which can perform in the championship, basically. So, 
Uh, yeah, not much more to say on Sheffield United. You've then got Southampton, who have been even quieter. I think they're one of the quietest in terms of their total um, activity. Um, main one probably being Kyle Walker-Peters from Tottenham. Um, I know that Mourinho just brought in Doherty. We'll obviously talk about that in a second. So there was no chance to get in at right back. Um, half decent player, nothing special. I don't suppose you've got any thoughts on Southampton. No, no, I like I said, done nothing. Yeah, no, a bit of a, we'll, we'll skip past them. Uh, then you've got Spurs, arguably one of the better windows, um, top three or four windows of activity, I'd say. So you've got obviously Gareth Bale coming in from Real Madrid on loan, massive signing, massive player. Can he still do it? Can he perform at the level he has been? Will he still be the Gareth Bale they let go? So many question marks. I think everyone's quite excited to see him play. I am as well. You then got Sergio Regulon from Real Madrid, thirty-two million apparently, and I know they there was talks of him coming to Manchester United. The reason apparently we didn't do the deal was simply because Real Madrid were insistent on a buyback clause, which I kind of agree is sort of just a long loan. If the player turns out well, we know we can go and get that player back, and I don't like that in a deal. So I'm quite happy we didn't do that one. I, mean, I would have liked to sign him, but maybe not with the. Uh, buyback clause. You've then got Matt Doherty from Wolves. Great player. Good good right back. He was really good for Wolves uh, last season. I'm a big fan of his. It'd be interesting to see how he sort of does under Mourinho. We've then spoke about obviously Joe Hart um, coming in from Burnley. I think that's just more of a third choice goalkeeper. It'll be good in the dressing room. Do you know what I mean? He, he sort of adds to the British sort of spine of the club and I think Mourinho, after watching the Amazon Prime documentary, sort of keen on having those sort of players in the squad. And then you've got Hoiberg from Southampton, who again is just it's just a squad filler, and he's not really going to do anything anything more than that. Um, and just a quick mention on the outgoings, I think the main one being Jan Vertonghen is such a big part of the last four or five years. It was a shame he didn't actually win a trophy there. But um, Matt, I don't suppose you got any thoughts on on Spurs' window? No, I think you've said it. Well, let Wanyama go, aren't they as well? Wanyama, yeah. To America. I mean, I remember I was in there when they signed him. I mean, it's a shame it. Did work out better for him. Yeah, I think he was similar to the Van Dyke thing because they got him from Southampton and everyone thought it's similar to Van Dyke. I'm sure he was Celtic as well. Then Southampton. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there was that sort of buzz that he did look like physically looked like he should be a good player, but he just it never sort of pushed on. Yeah. Um, you've then got West Brom. I mean, again, I'll be honest. I, I love football. Um, watch it, read it, play FIFA Football Manager. Apart from Ivanovic and how old is he now, Matt? About 168. <laughs> I, I've never heard of any of those players they've brought in and I'm not being funny. It reflects on the pitch. They've, they've had such a poor start. They don't look good at all. I don't know if you've got anything to add. Not to really. I'd say 30 years ago, Ivanovic was a good player. <laughs> yeah. but apart from that, I, I watched the first game and the com- I, I've never heard of either. Mm. You know, the rest of them. The commentator said that they signed the players that they had last season ah. and they did that deliberately. Okay. Which means they signed a bunch of championship players again. Mm. Now they're all sat there scratching their heads as to why they're throwing big leads away and, and are down the bottom of the league. I, I don't know. Well, that's what Ivanovic is there for. To change <laughs> that. It's all going to change now. Lovely. So we'll move on from West Brom. Um, West Ham. West Ham United. Um, again, not much to say. Um, the, the main one sort of being um, Suchek from Prague. He was there last season. I was really impressed with him, actually. I knew he was up for... I know uh, Slavia Prague were happy to let him go. So I kind of thought when he was on loan there, he'd have done enough to attract interest from sort of some of the top clubs. And I'll be honest with you, I, I was looking at him thinking I'd like him as sort of someone to sit next to Pogba. I was really impressed with, with how he played and I'd love him at United, if I'm honest with you. But um, yeah, they've snapped him up 15 million. That's a really good price for, for an half decent player this day and age. But again, nothing else going on really. I don't suppose you've got any 
anything to add on West Ham. A bit surprised they didn't sign a striker. I mean, I think they've yeah. got Hallow, haven't they? Seven goals last season. Not really good enough. <clears throat> so they haven't got a striker. They got a striker. <laughs> I know they're playing Antonio up front, but I mean, he's more of a, a winger, a right winger, left winger, attacking midfielder. He's not a centre forward. Mm. Look at some of the players they've had previously Defoe, Hartson, McCarthy, De Canio, Keane, Dean Ashton. That club and the fans cry out for a striker that they yeah. can idolise. And to not bring one in is a major mistake. Yeah, I think that's. I think they'll regret that. I mean, this, like I said, there's still a couple of days left. So just everyone just bear in mind that we're recording this on the, is it the third today or the fourth? Yeah, it's, it's the third, third yeah. So there's still a couple of days left for the transfer window. So that, that could obviously change. Um, you've then got Wolves, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, sort of the bigger ones they've brought in was Nelson Semedo from Barcelona, a really good right back. And I think he was on the list last season. Barcelona's president did a list of players that he was adamant they weren't letting go. And it was a list of four or five players and he was one of them. So I don't know what's changed there. Um, I think he's Portuguese as well, which is sort of a, sort the, of theme. a the theme. <laughs> that's what I was looking for, the theme at yeah. uh, Wolves at the moment. And then they've brought in Fabio Silva from Porto, who I think he's 19, 20 years old. A lot about him. He 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 looks really good. Um, I'll be honest with you. Never really seen him live. A lot of YouTube videos. There's a lot of spoken about him. He should turn out to be a really good player. And age wise, I think he'll step in to uh, who's the wolf striker at the minute. Jimenez. Jimenez. I think Jimenez is that late twenties, maybe just turned thirty. Yeah. With his kid being nineteen, potentially that that works out perfectly for him to just slowly start start taking game time and maybe become wolves as. First choice striker, um, yeah, but again, yeah. apart from Doherty on the out, I don't think there's much else to mention on them. I don't suppose you've got anything to add on Adam Wolves. No, I mean, again, it's another good window, another good scouting system. Obviously, bringing players through. I mean, this is what boggles my mind that clubs like Wolves can sign these players, and then the so-called bigger clubs continue to waste money. I mean, four hundred grand a week on Alexis Sanchez is just pathetic, to be yeah. honest with you. Uh, but I think Wolves need to do. Um, I think they need to have a good year. I don't think they'll have as good a year as maybe I first thought. Um, I don't certainly don't think they're going to go down. No. But I think if they don't have a good 18 months, so if maybe this season over and then next season start well, I think teams are going to start picking them off. You know, A couple of their players are going to start picking at Neves, for example, and um, obviously Jimenez might be the wrong age, but Semedo, that Fabio as well. You know, They, they could be a bit of a, become a bit of a platform club. Yeah, and I think it's similar to what you said on Newcastle as well. I don't know if you agree. Who do they want to be? Mm. Are they are they are they are them players the players you sign to to crack on and push into the top four? Maybe not. They're probably players that are going to keep them in that sort of fifth, sixth, seventh, that sort of Europa League sort of Europa League position. Uh, but Matt, if there's nothing else on that, we'll move on to the new segment of the show. We've had a lot of good feedback um, about it um, off script. Yeah. Okay, this week off script, uh, Matt, it's your turn to, to pick a topic. So uh, obviously we usually have a topic in mind, we'll have a chat, we'll probably go on to something else and um, that's sort of the point of the show. So Matt, what have you what have you got as your topic this week? I want to talk about uh, the Newcastle takeover okay. situation and possibly have they missed the boat. Okay. Now what I mean by that is maybe back in 2000s and 2005, 2010, everybody would have said, do you know what? I wish someone would just take over Newcastle and they're going to make a real good go of it and that club could really propel themselves up into the top four. Not the top six. Back then, it was the top four. And yeah, you know, they had a point. You know, they had a point. Back then, someone could have really took them and took them on. Right now, the way football is, 
I think Newcastle have missed the boat. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope that someone comes in and really, really makes a go of it. But my concern is with everything else that comes with football, and there's so many teams in that league that have been took over and got money. Look at Everton. You could argue Everton, West Ham, Man City, before they got took over when they were playing at Main Road, Southampton, they're all similar-sized clubs to Newcastle and arguably all of them a better investment. If you've got a billion pounds and you're going to start investing in clubs, Liverpool for Everton is and Manchester for Man City, they're, they're big cities that people want to go and spend time. People will go on a city break there. And I know Newcastle's got a reputation as being a great place to be as well. Mm. But my concern is that if you're going to try and sign these players that the things that you will do outside of football your modern day footballer he doesn't just come along on his own anymore he comes along with his mates and his missus and his kid and he brings his family over yeah, as his well. brother and, exactly yeah, yeah. everybody comes and where you're gonna if you those clubs i've mentioned there southampton the weather's better down there london you've got all the attractions that you've got in london mm. liverpool manchester you've got loads of stuff going on and i'm just really concerned that Newcastle have missed the boat here and they're going to have to start thinking about a different way to build. And I know this summer there was obviously the, the major talk about, you know, they're going to they're going to get took over and they were banging about Mbappe. Let's just be serious for a second here. If Newcastle had been took over by, the, let's say, the richest man in the world and money was no object, do you seriously think they'd have signed Mbappe? Because I don't. And I think that the second he let it slip that he was available. Newcastle, fair enough, could have been involved, but PSG would have wanted to keep him. Yeah. The Milan clubs would have been after him, so would Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern would have been interested. He had his agent in his ear saying, these are all more attractive places to go. Man United, yeah. Right, well, <laughs> and I, I, I'm just really concerned, and I think it's a real shame, and I just want to make a point, I, I know you've got family that's Newcastle fans, I've got, friends that are Newcastle fans. It's not a Newcastle bashing part of the show. It's just my opinion as a neutral from the outside looking in, if that makes sense. They should have took advantage when they had people like Bobby Robson, when they had Craig Bellamy, when they had Oberfemi Martins, Michael Lowe and Shearer, when they were in the Champions League. Now, because back then, they had a 50,000 all-seated stadium. They, they had the major fan base. Now, all those clubs that I've mentioned, they've all got big stadiums. Mm. They've all... The, social media now, you can watch a football match from anywhere in the world. Mm. You don't need to be in the stadium. But you can be, along with forty to 50,000 other people. And I'm just really concerned that Newcastle spending money is not going to get them where they want to be. What I think could get them where they want to be is signing two or three players, like what I mentioned earlier on in the show, like Hudson Odoi, they should have gone for Barkley, maybe try and go all out and get someone like Tammy Abraham, maybe get him in and building that way and slowly getting up the league rather than try, thinking that they're going to sign all these players that they're not. Mm. Yeah, and it's, um, it's a bit of a difficult one, obviously. I, they've sort of been tagged with the as the sleeping giants um, for so many years. I remember I went to my, uh, a tour at Old Trafford with my brother and um, my brother being my brother, he wore a Newcastle United shirt around the stadium and I remember the, the tour guide sort of mentioned sort of sleeping giants to him and 
it's it's true, and I think it's a good point that how long can you be the sleeping giants? I mean, if they get relegated again, they've been relegated three times in the last fifteen years. Yeah. That's not a sleeping giant. That's a West Brom. That's a Fulham. Do you know what I mean? It's not a. I mean, if you like you said, if you're looking to buy a club now, do you, do you buy Newcastle? I mean, the main reason I think they're sort of attractive to maybe an investor would be everybody that knows football sort of maybe do still think of Newcastle, especially fans our age. Yeah, probably do still think of Newcastle to be that team that maybe could be there. Yeah, but young fans coming through now, they'd look at Newcastle like I said, they'd look at West Brom or yeah. Sheffield United or Crystal Palace. They're not that club anymore. No. Um, but the thing is, this the stadium, City Centre, it's, it's a one, it's a one club city. I think the fan base will always be there, and I, and I think they're crying out. And I just imagine if if something did happen, it would be amazing. And and like you said about the Mbappe thing, no, if if the richest man took over, the richest man in the world took over, and, and yeah, if you said to Mbappe, I'll give you a billion pound a week, maybe you know what I mean. But no, he probably wouldn't go there. And I think the reason is. He, yeah, there has to be something else that brings you there. Like with Man City, when the owners took over, obviously very rich, they didn't just go and buy all the best players. They brought Sean Wright Phillips, Joe um, Petrov, all these sort of players, and they slowly built back up. They changed then the it was, didn't they, as well? Yeah, they all that extra stuff. Yeah, and all the youth academy, they, yeah. they've redone the whole club. And I think the first major sign in there, which sort of led on to the Yaya Torre and, and, and Aguero was, was Robinho. Do you remember when they signed him? Yeah, that was the company as well around that time. Yeah, company. I don't think... Um, company turned out to be probably a bigger name and a better player than Robinho. But hmm. I think when they signed him, it was, it was sort of a young... Like a like a, maybe a Ferran Torres that just signed. So you didn't really know how it would go. But yeah, the big, big player they signed was Robinho. And they didn't just take over and do that there and then. That was about three seasons in. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, they had the Gareth Barry, James Milner. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't... Color of they didn't have a they didn't just come in and take over. You have to have a project. So I think even if Newcastle did take over, uh, someone did take over Newcastle, they would have to maybe slowly build the build the club back to where it was, to, sort of the place that you were talking about. So do you know maybe going to the point where it was maybe just outside the top four and they've got the big players that can potentially push them to that next stage. If they brought it over now. They'd have to just be conscious that it's not going to be an overnight thing. The City were closer. This is going to be a three, four, five seasons before they even get back to the point where they can consider bringing in a player like like an Mbappe, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so that's uh, pretty much everything on the, no, nothing else on the Newcastle section. No, 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 lovely. So we'll move on to uh, question time, and we'll finish it. Uh, we'll finish the show there. Okay, Matt. Question time. Have you got? Uh, do you want to go first with your questions? Or yeah, yeah. Speaking yeah. about um, takeovers. Um, so Alan Sugar okay. has owned one football club. Mm. Do you know who that is? Is it West Ham? No. Ah, oh, I do know it is Spurs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was getting mixed up with. Uh, is it Green? Golden Green. Who, who owned the West? Who owned West Ham? Golden Southern. Golden Sullivan. Golden Green. Wow. Golden Green. Well, that? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's like a type of grass. <laughs> Golden Green. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, was that your question? <laughs> no, I've got a couple more. Okay, uh, speaking of West Ham, Karen Brady is on the board at West Ham. Mm. But what was the other club that she was on the board at? I have no idea. It is Birmingham. Birmingham. Okay. Birmingham, yeah. Is she something to do with the takeover at Newcastle? Sure she's leading know. the consortium or something like that. I've got no idea. No? Okay, never mind. <laughs> Next question. Final one. Yes. Ryan Reynolds is rumoured to be mm. uh, taking over which club? I know this. I saw this on social media. 
Uh, Wrexham. Is it Wrexham? It is Wrexham. Yes, got it. Got it. Lovely. Um, so my question is just, a, it's one question, but there's three sort of sections to it. So over the last three seasons, Beeson's transfer special, who were the biggest spenders? So the 2019 to 2020, who was the biggest biggest spenders? Man City? No, it was Manchester United. Oh, obviously, okay. Maguire, Bissaka, Fernandez, and, and James. It's because Fernandez was included in that, even though it was January. 2018-19? Um, Man City? No, it was Liverpool. I think they went on to win the league there. So when people say they haven't bought the league, they, they technically did buy the league. Um, and 2017, 2018, who was the biggest spenders? Man City. I was going to say, go with your gut on this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was City. They signed, Jesus, they signed, I think that was the year that Pep sort of had the four different fullbacks and Jesus Christ, yeah. Silva, Edison, Carl Walker, Louise, Danilo, Mendy, Coyote, Laporte, Jack Harrison. I don't even know who Jack Harrison is, if I'm honest with you. Um, but yeah, no, that was the question. You got one. One out of three there, Matt. One out of three is not bad. If there's nothing else, we'll wrap this one up. Cool. Lovely. Yeah.